0: Anybody remember what we've been talking about the last several weeks? The cross culture. Now, what is a cross culture? That's okay. I know you guys are getting bombarded with tons of things every day. Grace and mercy! Yes! Who said that? That was just Bailey that said that? Grace and mercy. Now, Bailey, for the $100 question... What is mercy? It's where you kill people. It's where you kill people. <laughs> no. Help people. No, no, that's not. You don't get what you deserve. Mercy, mercy, mercy is getting the punishment taken away. It is being forgiven. It is being having compassion on somebody so that they don't take the punishment in which you deserved or rightfully earned. Anybody know what punishment you rightfully earned? Death. Fantastic. Very good. We all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. We all deserve death from one simple little three-letter word that begins with S and ends with N. Sin. Very good. I'm glad you guys saw that. Sin. We all deserve death because of the three-letter word called sin. We all deserved it. However, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that he so ever believeth in him shall not perish and have everlasting ever life. In John 3:16, we understand that it is by the love of God that we now have mercy in our lives. And now that we have mercy in our lives, we also get to have grace in our lives, Bailey. And what does grace mean? Someone in this section. Grace. Not sh- you're in the wrong section. This section right here. What's grace mean? <laughs> Jimmy, you know what grace is? Shaking my head. You did. What? Okay, one over here. Tell me. Not you. Not you, because you already said something. You said it last week. You four. What's grace? What's grace? Talk to me. Joe, what's Grace? You do too, you just don't want to say it. I know you know. What's Grace? Say it a different way? You get what you don't desire. And you can't. It's like money. It's getting something you cannot, you did not deserve, nor can you repay grace. Some, getting something that you did not earn, something you did not deserve, and something that you cannot repay. This is the cross culture, a culture in which we live by giving people the same love that God gave us, by giving people the same mercy that God gave us, and giving us, giving people the same grace that God gave us. This is the cross culture. Say those three words with me. Love. grace, Grace. mercy. Mercy. One more time. Love, Love. grace, Grace. mercy. One more time. Love, Love. grace, Grace. mercy. Mercy. Very good. So we're going to talk tonight. We're going to try to wrap this up tonight. And, um, you know, last week we talked about, last week we talked about the cross culture of grace and how God saved us from a far, far away. And he brought us out of the darkness into the light. And God saved us because he loved us. And he had mercy on us because he loved us. And when he saw us out in the darkness in a far, far, far galaxy away, he said, I will die for them so that they can be saved from a very far, far, far away. Where? It's right beside me. And he saved us, not just so that we can be close to him, but he saved us so that we then could do what? Good works. I'm glad you guys said that with me. Say that again. Good works. good works. Great. He saved us to do good works. Now, these good works are wrapped around three words, which I bet you know. It begins with L. Love. Love. Grace. Exactly. That's what we talked about last week. God saved us from afar away and brought us close beside him so that we could go out and show people. Love. Love. Grace. Very good. Very good. And we talked about that. We are all full of sin. And no matter what happens, we will always sin and we'll always have this nature inside of us that is fighting with us. And even the great Paul apostle said, I am the greatest sinner of them all. I still sin. But yet it's not about what I do. It's about who? It is about the grace that God has given me. None of you will ever be perfect. You will never be perfect. You will never become saved because what you do, Ephesians 4.10, which we've been reading, says this, for it is by, yes, for it is by grace that you have been saved. And this salvation is not of yourself, but it is a gift from who? God. Not because of what? Works. Not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what you can do. You are saved by grace. You will always mess up. Zach, it's just human nature. It is just human nature. You are going to sin. And when you sin, it's not that God hates you. We tend to look at God sometimes as a a, a very judgmental, as uh, as a very... um, hands-on, lightning bolt, thunder god, ah, who's you screwed up, ah, like I would do to you. you know, take, take off the belt, what? Ah, just, just spank you and, and get away from me. I don't want to be near you because when somebody hurts your feelings, what do you do? You run. You get away from them. You get mad at somebody if they hurt their, your feelings, right? So every time we sin, we hurt God's feelings and we say, if I react this way and other people react to me when I hurt Jimmy's feelings, then God must also react to me. But that is not that is not the truth. What's that? He wants us to give people mercy. But he also wants us to know when we make a mistake towards God, when we sin, he doesn't want us to run away from him. He wants us to run to him because he wants us near him. Always. He never wants us so far. You ever see, um, everybody here has, anybody in here have a dog? When you, get, when you take your dog on a walk, do you keep your dog on a leash or do you let him run freely? You let him run free. Most of the time when you see people at like the Y or somewhere like a dog park or on the beach, you cannot have a dog off a leash. Why? Because you can't let the dog too far away from you because then the dog will try to do damage. And maybe poop in the beach. And if you saw Marley and me, that is a big no-no. Big no-no, no pooping on the beach. And so God, just like us humans with a dog, wants to keep us not on a leash, but he wants to keep us in the same vicinity as he is. And so when we screw up and we make a mistake, God doesn't want us to run freely away from him. Instead, he wants us to run to him so that we can get forgiven, get no condemnation, and get released through love, grace, and mercy to go out and do good works, to give love to people, to give grace to people when they do wrong to us, and to give mercy to people when they do wrong to us. This is the cross culture. This is the culture in which God has asked you as a Christian to live in, to be near to God and to show others love, grace, and mercy, the same love, grace, and mercy that God gave you. Everybody clear with that? Everybody understand that? So tonight we're gonna to take a little bit of a story. We're gonna talk about a story of, of of a prostitute. Yes, I said the word prostitute. We are gonna take the story about a story of a prostitute. Now this prostitute does not have a name in the Bible, but we find out in Luke chapter seven that Jesus interacts with a prostitute. Now in today's society, if you interact with a prostitute, it's probably not good news, right? It's a little shady. A little shady. I'll get my Scottish accent for that. It's a little shady if you're with a prostitute, you know how it is. And so, so Jesus, so here's a story. Jesus just got done teaching to the crowd and people loved Jesus. Jesus was such a dynamic speaker for that time that people absolutely loved to listen to Jesus. By thousands he would come and talk to him. So Jesus just gets done speaking to the crowd and he gets invited to a house of a Pharisee. Now the Pharisees did not like Jesus, but this Pharisee in particular, he liked Jesus and his name was Simon. No, not Simon Cowell, the mean guy off American Idol and the X Factor. His name was just Simon the Pharisee. He said, Jesus, why don't you come over to my crib and we're going to have some dinner. And so Jesus was like, yeah, man, I'm famous. Let's go. People were like, Jesus, are you going with a Pharisee? And Jesus was like, yeah, I'm going. He's my friend. He likes me. He invited me. I'm hungry. I got to eat. Let's do this. So Jesus goes in with Simon. He goes in to eat dinner and Jesus sits down on a couch. Now, he was relaxing, so I'm going to try to do this. So the Bible says he was reclining. Now, back in the day, they didn't have lazy boy recliners. This is kind of like the reclining position back in the day. Legs tucked behind, feet behind. A pillow would be here. They'd be doing this. This would be reclining. This is balling back in the day for Jesus, all right? So Jesus was down here reclining, just chilling, doing his own thing. They're about to serve dinner to him. and, 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 And all of a sudden, this woman walks in to the room. Well, all these men are in there, and Jesus is laying down, and this woman, this prostitute, begins to cry all over the feet of Jesus. How many of you like people crying on you? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Tears are salty and wet. Do not like people crying on me. So Jesus is chilling, just relaxing, reclining, getting ready to eat his, get his grub on. And this woman, this prostitute, this filthy lady comes in and starts crying all over his feet. And when he, she's done crying, she takes her hair, long hair. Now, back in the Bible times, women never showed their hair in public. You all would be committing a grave sin by having your head uncovered. The hair of a woman was her glory. And so it was never uncovered. And this woman then takes her hair and uncovers it in the presence of men, which is another no no. But of course, she's a prostitute, so she already has multiple strikes on her. So she comes in, she takes off her hair after she's done crying, and she begins to wipe clean the feet of Jesus. All these Pharisees are just like, yo, what the heck is going on here? Jesus is just getting his grub on. Hey, yo, what's going on? nicely done. He's eating, he's enjoying himself. And this woman, after she gets done wiping dry Jesus's feet, she then takes out this expensive bottle of perfume and he, she then rubs this rare, expensive perfume all over the feet of Jesus and starts kissing gently his feet. Freak me out. Don't sign me up for that, Charlie. And so the Pharisees, they just had enough. They're like, this woman cried. We're trying to eat. She's a prostitute. She's unclean. Jesus, what are you doing? Because if Jesus was a prophet like the Pharisees, like the people said that Jesus was, then he would know that that woman was unclean and a prophet would not allow an unclean woman to touch her, to touch him. If you're unclean, you, know, you cannot touch somebody holy, and a prophet was considered holy. And this woman was not just a woman who was unclean. She was a prostitute who was unclean. She wasn't just a prostitute. She put her hair down. She cried on him. She did all these things for Jesus. And the people are like, yo, time out. What is going on? And Jesus, I mean, he, he was awesome. Jesus does this, and he, he, we're going to read it. This is Jesus' reply to them. He doesn't tell them anything. He simply Gives them this story, this parable. Jesus says this. Jesus replying said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, teacher, well, say it. Well, Simon was, was a smart guy. If Jesus was talking to you, what would you do? Yeah, Jesus, you go ahead. You say whatever you want to say, Jesus. You know, you do whatever you want. You can do it. Yes. So uh, Jesus said this. He said, a certain lender of money had two debtors. Now two people owed him money. One owed him five hundred dollars and the other one fifty. And when they had no means of paying him back, he freely forgave them both. Now which of them will love him more? Well, Simon this uh um, well if fifty and uh, five hundred both were forgiven, love Money, Uh, I'm going to go with option A, Jesus, the 500 guy. And Jesus says, you have decided correctly. You have decided correctly. Here's this story that Jesus tells Simon. He says, there's two debtors. There's one guy who owes a ton of money, $500. And then there's another guy who only owns $50. And this guy forgives both of them their debts. Which one would love the debtor more? Which one? Which one do you think would love the lender more? The 500 or the 50? What's your thoughts? 500 or the 50? Well, don't all speak up at once now. Hey, if Jesus said you answered correctly, I'm saying the 500 guy. Why, Jacob, would the 500 guy love the dude more? Because, like, it's like the other guy, he didn't have any money to to him, so he's blessed because he, he gets to keep whatever he has. But I think we got a lot of money. Like, since he just, he just said, keep it, you do to pay me. Like, he just doesn't. Okay. Let me ask you this. You, let's say you, let's say you, Kate, you owe your father $100,000. If you don't pay your father back, he is going to throw you in jail, your own daddy. Oh, yes. Now... Now, your dad a, a, is a kind man, but he will throw you in jail. Now, your sister, on the other hand, only owes him $500. But if he, she doesn't pay it, too, in the same time frame, she also is going to jail. Now, she has way less debt than you do, but you both face the same consequences if you don't pay back the debt at the same amount of time. Now, your dad's at the due date comes, and you're like, Daddy, I only have a dollar. Don't throw me in jail, Daddy. No. And your dad says, okay, well, I forgive you. Don't worry about it. The money's good. You do whatever you need to do. You don't have to pay me back. You're like, what do you do? What's your reaction? I love you. Thank you for not throwing me in jail. $100,000. I was so panicking. I didn't know what to do. I thought I was going to have to cut up my hair. alright. I didn't know how I was going to do this. Now, Rachel only had $500, and she had the $500 with her, right? But your dad says, don't don't pay me back. It's all good. You, You keep that money. Now, Rachel was not in as much trouble. Do you think she would love as much as this person would love? Jesus looks at Simon after he says this, and he says, Simon, the moment I walked into your house, my feet were dirty and you didn't give me any water to wash off my feet. Now, back in those times, that was like the thing to do. When somebody came to your house, you washed that person's feet. Oh, yes. You got down. There was no paved streets. There were no concrete. There were no Skechers and Nikes or Reeboks or um, those ones that they send to foreign kids all the time that people wear. They had none of those. All right. They had bare feet and sandals on dirt roads. And you're about to walk up in my nice house with your dirty feet. I don't think so. So normally the guests of the house would get their feet washed by the person who owned the facility. And Jesus said, Simon, listen, we're friends and brothers. But the first time I walked into your house, you didn't even wash my feet. This woman washed her feet, my feet with her tears and her hair. And then he said, Simon, you didn't even give me cheap perfume to anoint me, to make me smell good. Because listen, you're on that heat. You didn't have running water. You didn't have plumbing. If you wanted to take a shower, you went down, down to the creek where somebody had to pour you a bath. You didn't even give me something, a little D.O. to help... <laughs> Make me smell a little bit good, not even the cheap stuff. You know, you know how it is. You have a friend come over that you don't really like, so you give them the, 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 the discount soda, the discount cookies, that cheap chips. You're like, Man, I wasted my ladies on them. My double stuffed Oreos, uh, they get the great value brand. Uh, and Jesus is like, Listen, you didn't even give me the great value brand of deodorant to make me smell good. And this woman. She gives me not only the double stuff, she gives me the double stuff with fudge on top of it with the more double stuff to the stuff, the extra rare, costly oil perfume. She used that to make me smell good after she cleaned off my feet. <laughs> Simon, you didn't do any of these things for me. She has not stopped kissing my feet. She has not stopped doing these things because her sins are many and they are now forgiven. And because of that, she now loves me more than you can imagine. He goes on and says this. He who is forgiven little loves little. Catch this. He who is forgiven a lot loves a lot. He who is forgiven little loves just a little. And Jesus was trying to point out to Simon the Pharisee, he said... This woman who you deem unworthy, who you deem unclean, has a multitude of sins. She has her life completely screwed up, but she must have heard my teaching and she was so touched by it that she came and she anointed me and she declared me her savior and she worshiped me by giving me everything that she had. She gave me the glory of her hair. She gave me the costly perfume, probably all the riches that she had. She anointed and perfumed my feet. She made me do all these things because she worshiped. Was worshiping me because of the grace given to her, while you didn't do any of these things for me because you see the sins in your life as little, 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 little. We as Christians we have this problem sometimes where we say, "I'm not as big. I'm, I'm not. I'm not as bad as that person." Sure as heck ain't bad as that person. Ooh, Lord, hey, that person's in a mess. I'm so glad I'm not like them. Oh Lord, thank you for giving me. All that you have given me, I'm so glad I'm not like those sinners who are so bad doing all those bad things. So bad. And that's exactly how the Pharisees were. They would pray out and they'd say, Heavenly Father, thank you that I'm not like that person. Not like this person. And Jesus is saying, Simon, we all sin a lot. We all sin a lot. The only difference is some people realize we sin a lot and some people realize we don't sin a lot. Some people are like, we oh, I, I don't sin that much. But we sin. We all sin. And we all sin a lot in our lifetime. And when we realize the grace that God has given to you, it causes you to respond in such a manner to this grace. And this response is what we call worship. This response to grace is what we call worship. The cross culture is this, the final cross culture. The cross culture is grace that produces true worship. Worship, worship, worship is our expression of love and devotion towards a loving God. This woman was forgiven so much, she was forgiven so much. This grace that she was given, she could not repay. She could not earn nothing that Jesus gave to her. She could return and say, thank you. Let me pay you back. She was forgiven at such a length that she could not repay it back. And her only response was to say, heavenly father, thank you. Let me worship you and place you where you belong. And that is at the center of my life. You know, we don't take time in church. We don't take time in church to sing songs just to sound cool. We don't. We don't sing songs before worship, before service on Wednesdays, just because they sound cool, just because it's the thing to do, just because it's what you normally do when you go to church. That's not the purpose of singing the songs. We take time to worship a God who's full of grace, who has forgiven us so very much and when you begin to realize how much God has forgiven you, you'll respond during those times of song and music to in a worshiping manner that will reflect, God, thank you for forgiving me because I am a wicked, evil, sinning person. Thank you for loving me still. Thank you for giving me your grace still. Because of this, I will respond and I will worship you. I will lift my hands and surrender to you. I will sing love songs to you. I will focus on you. I will make you the center of my life because what you give me, I cannot earn and I cannot repay. Where God is, love is. Where God is, grace is. Where God is mercy is, where God is healing is, where God is restoration is, where God is, there is peace, and when we worship God, he shows up to see, uh, shows up on the scene psalms twenty two three says Oh God, you inhabit the praises of Israel. When you praise, when you worship, God enters into the atmosphere. And where he is, there is grace, there is peace, there is mercy, there is restoration, there is healing. There is God's presence to reveal himself to you in a way that you can only think or imagine, but you must worship. And true worship only comes from a response to realizing how much grace you have in your life how much grace you have in your life. You are lucky, you are blessed that God loves you enough to give you the grace that he gives you. This is a cross culture, a people who respond to the grace of God and worship him for all he's done. I know it's already 8, 10, and I know those, your parents are probably out at the door right now waiting for you to go out, but let's just take five minutes. I'm going to play a worship song. And you can go out anywhere you want into the room. But over the next five minutes, I want you just to worship and thank God for everything that he has done for you. Personally, just do it any way that you know how to, any way that you can for the next five minutes, because I know it's not going to hurt your parents having to wait. It's not going to be that big of an issue. I want you to spend the next five minutes and think about the grace that God has given you of your life. So spread out. Give me five give God five minutes of your life. Thank him for the grace that He's given you, and you'll begin to see a response of grace in a way that you've never had before. This isn't about you getting into with your friends, this ain't about anything, but you responding to the goodness that God has given in your life for the things that he has done for you. He has saved you. He has brought you from a far, far away. He has given you mercy. He has given you forgiveness. When you mess up, when you sin, he loves you. He doesn't think anything less of you. He wants to build you up. This is a God that loves you. He wants to spend time with you. And when you recognize the grace in your life, you will begin to respond in a worshipful way that you have never experienced before. This is your time.